0: Well, welcome listeners to another episode of Coffee with Doc. Uh, We're extremely fortunate and privileged to have uh, this young man. uh, Well, I shouldn't say young anymore, but... uh,
1: Not young anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we're very fortunate to have this young man, um, a member of our armed services, and uh, not so much um, at Sturgis High School, not so much uh, in our sports medicine curriculum, um, and athletic training, but I will tell you, we, we've spent a lot of time together and, um, we've, uh, solved a lot of issues together. He has taught me a tremendous amount, um, on how to deal with, uh, with injuries and with people. And, and again, we are, it's an ever, it's an ever, uh, ending, never, never end of learning, um, in our field. So, um, and he was a firm believer in our system, and um, we take a lot, of, a lot of pride in him. And I'll uh, I'll give it to him right now. So tell us your name.
1: Uh, this is uh, Mike Fieberkorn.
0: Great. And the year that you graduated um, Sturgis High School, and what's your current profession? Yeah,
1: way back in 1999. It doesn't seem like it should be that long ago, but it is. Uh, so we're pushing on a 20-year reunion coming up in a year, and right now. Uh, I'm kind of a, I, I have a career and a half. My primary career is I'm a Lutheran pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod and a town in Quincy, Illinois. And I also still serve part time in the United States Air Force Reserves, uh, serving five weeks a year out of Hanscom Air Force Base in Massachusetts, where my last active duty station was so. Wonderful. So you're you're
0: you're getting around. You're getting around.
1: I get I get around. Yeah, yeah. When I get tired of the cornfields, I get to go out on the East Coast uh, and and get yelled at, you know, by all those people with uh, I, I know there's a difference for you, Doc, between a Jersey and a Boston accent, but I still can't distinguish. So.
0: Well, we'll, we'll not we'll not get into that. <laughs> well, not to get into that town at this point in time. Uh, there, there's I have some bitter feelings on. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: I'm, Boston. You you know,
1: I'm still not a Sox fan okay
0: <laughs> oh you said a nasty word there but yeah, okay yeah. Uh, go
1: yankees good,
0: good. I'm, I'm glad i'm glad i'm glad this is a good thing this is a good thing so um so that's really neat that um that you know what you're doing you're you're giving back to to actually two communities your 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 country and um and your local community by um serving as a um a minister? Is
1: that what it is? Yes, sir. Yeah, just like a pastor yeah. okay. of a congregation, yeah. Great.
0: So. Okay. So um, at Sturgis High School, uh, what sports did you uh, participate in?
1: Uh, three sports, uh, fall, spring, and winter. Uh, football, I would say, was my, my primary sport and my first love. Uh, also, I uh, like to mix it up on the basketball court in the winter and then uh, ran track in the spring. So Fond memories. Fond memories. Fond memories. You know, you can't get it back. You can't put it in a bottle, no. but those were great times. No.
0: But we can relive those here on Coffee with Doc. And That's the, right, baby. <laughs> and one of, one of the reasons why why we're doing this, and just so you know, at this point in time, you are not the oldest one on oh, this good. show. Good, good,
1: good. Yes, yes. Oh, there's that a pair.
0: Records? Yeah, there's a pair that well, we're going to unveil here um, in a couple weeks. So uh, okay. I won't I won't disclose their names, but I'll I'll, I'll have you listen and you'll know them sure, very
1: well. Sure. By the way.
0: <laughs> so, when you were at Sturgis High School, your your friend circle, your teammates, give me giving me some names.
1: Well, uh, probably the best athlete I've ever competed with, and some people would not, uh, uh, you know, would say really at the high school level. And I would say, yeah, it was a uh, Brian Keim. Uh, never uh, played with anyone who took more pride in his performance than Brian. Um, he was in my class. Uh, one of my best friends to this day is a uh, Brock Smith. Um, Played uh, two sports with me, football and and um, basketball. Uh, ben Salvage went on to play some college basketball. He was our center. Uh, Tim Colzo is now a, uh, ath- uh, well, he, not an athletic trainer, but he's a fitness uh, professional uh, in the North Carolina area and doing very well. Uh, he was also uh, someone I played with and, and remember well. So we had a good group of guys uh, to go through with and compete with.
0: Wonderful. And, and uh, your folks still live in Sturgis?
1: Yeah, my folks. uh, Yeah, kind of was one of those kids that grew up with both families uh, real nearby, and so of course they've stayed there. But Todd and Mary Fibercorn are still in the Sturgis area.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. That's that's good. Good people. um, uh, Very very nice folks. Uh, You you um, you were raised in a in a phenomenal uh, environment there, and it definitely shows both you and your sister. Uh, just great people. So um, looking back a little bit more, Mike, what uh, what athletic honors uh, come to mind?
1: Uh, I think the thing I was most proud of was making a Class B All-State in football. Uh, my junior year, I had to sustain an injury, and we'll probably get into that a little more. Um, and, you know, you never know if you're going to make it back from that, if you're going to be able to p- compete again. And I did. I had a good senior year um, and, and got those those honors. And, and that's what I went on to play in college uh, in a limited capacity was was football. Um basketball, gosh, I can't remember if I made uh, uh second team all conference or not there, but uh track, I ended up uh I ended up fifth in the hundred meter dash at state finals and I had no business uh with fifth, <laughs> but there was a strong headwind that day, so all the guys that were light on their feet <laughs> were at a disadvantage. And then I think I came in uh seventh or eighth in the long jump in class B. And uh, I, wa- I wanna I wanna mention a Brad Teeple too. You asked who I competed with. Uh, Brad and I didn't so much line up, but we did play football as seniors together, but Brad was on the track team and he's still the state champion, uh, in Michigan to this day with a pole vault and, uh, another fine athlete. All right.
0: Well, you're very modest, but, uh, you know, <laughs> one of the reasons you, you finished fifth is because you're a competitor and, well, thank you, sir. Uh, and, and you took your, your training, uh, very seriously and you listened to your coaches and, yeah. and certainly followed our plan. And I think yeah.
1: that, that Well, I'll tell you what, Doc, no matter how fast those guys were, I had the fastest start. And for the first 50 yards, I led every 100 I ever ran. And I remember countless drills with you in the gym uh, coming out of the blocks. And you had two weights and you'd click them together. Tink, tink. And you you taught me to push off both feet. Uh, Most guys want to explode off their front foot or their back foot or whatever. And it's a weird thing to learn how to push off both feet. But I never lost a start in, uh, in my junior or senior year, so...
0: That's that. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. We did spend a lot of time together and, uh, and you know, that's the philosophy, right? right. That's the philosophy I, I, I used until, until I retired. Well, even until today, um, when I train athletes, you know, that, that, that those first three steps, um, if you make a circle of three yards, that's where the battles are won and lost. I, I really yeah. don't, don't care what position or what sport you're playing. Yep. You know, it's from that start position and, the, and that quickness that's gonna, that's gonna make the difference. Great. And uh, so your favorite class at Sturgis High School.
1: Oh, gosh. My favorite class at Sturgis High School. You know, this is going to kind of sound strange, but uh, to this day, I have an affinity. Uh, this is a bit lame for some listeners, but a uh, yearbook class with Bill Whiteley. Um, I, I have an affinity for layout and design and uh, a well-designed magazine page or yearbook page. And and I really, I really enjoyed that. And quite honestly, I use those skills to this day uh, when I teach uh, Bible studies in my parish or things like this, uh, you know, a well-designed handout uh, with, uh, you know, to communicate whatever you're trying to communicate is, is one of your, your best weapons that can help people see things that they, they could never see before. And so uh, I could have said physics or biology or chemistry, but quite honestly, I look forward to your book class.
0: Well, you know, and, and that class was set up more as like an independent thing and, and you had some freedom and right. you were allowed to, you were allowed to be creative exactly. and, and that's, uh, you know, that was, that's a fun, was a phenomenal class.
1: Yeah. Um, yep.
0: We, we, I believe they still have that to this
1: day. Right. Right. Everything's a little more computerized than it was in my day, but we still. A little bit, a little <laughs> bit.
0: Yeah. A little bit. So, uh, your favorite sport was football, obviously, and you were very, very successful with that. And you went on, uh, you went on to play in college and, and I'll, I'll have you take us through the pathway. Though. Yeah. So, i uh, um,
1: oh, go ahead. Yeah. Finish
0: up. So, yeah. So let's stay with, uh, uh, looking back here a little bit and, um, teacher who had the most, um, influence on you academically.
1: Academically. Oh boy. Um, yeah. You know, I think uh, Emerson Green um, in chemistry class, uh, you know, I was looking ahead at going to the Air Force Academy and the academics are pretty stiff there. Sure. And I was, you know, you come from a small town like Sturgis and you wonder, do you have what it takes? And I remember the way he taught us to solve equations and do all that kind of stuff, uh, build up my confidence uh, quite a bit. And so nice. I think it wasn't the, the necessarily the, the content of the class or anything like that, but just kind of, uh, developing a method, developing some discipline, uh, patiently teaching. And so I think that uh, I remember freshman, uh, year at the academy, we had to take a chemistry class and I was in my room fall semester and, uh, a little down in the confidence, couldn't solve these problems. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a failure. I'm going to fail out. And, uh, I kind of heard Emerson's voice in my ear <laughs> saying, just take it one nice. step at a time, just go through this. And, uh, heck I ended up, uh, I think 76 out of 976 in my graduating class academically, I did just fine, you know, and, uh, but I would say things like that uh, prepared me well. So, um, So it was a, his approach, his approach, yeah, his, appro- his, his approach, his approach, his, his patience, his methodology. Exactly. Exactly. Those kind of things yeah. pay off. So,
0: and, and, you know, and it's not so much you remember what he taught you at this point, it's, it's how he treated you. You know, he treated you like a, like a professional student, you know, like you say, he was patient. And and that's what you remember, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing you kind of realize, even as a pastor, uh, Doc, you think you're investing in the people and teaching them the doctrine of your faith and all this kind of stuff. And you are. And and some of that stuff gets through. But um, sad to say, and and not not, not sad to say, it's a positive thing. People are going to remember the kind of person you were more than any single thing you taught them. And, uh, and those are the things that last. And so it's not that you don't want them to gain some technical prowess or some expertise in the field that you love so much, uh, that'll rub off, but it's the kind of person you are that's going to make sure whether any of that translates at all.
0: Sure. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so your favorite coach, the coach that had the most, um, influence on your athletic career.
1: Yeah, well, uh, if you're going pure coach, I mean, I'd say you you, you had a lot of influence on me. Um, um, And and I I looked at you as a coach, too, uh, in a different realm, in the the training room, not in a sport. But, uh, again, I'm going to have to give a shout-out to Bill Whiteley. Um, The guy was prepared. The guy knew how to inspire us. And uh, he could be a (laughs) – I think, I don't think I'm uh breaking the eighth commandment here of gossip. I think he would admit he could be a little prick every now and then, but he knew when to be a prick, you know, and he knew when to encourage. And, uh, quite simply, one of the, one of the funnest seasons I had, uh, was JV basketball. We went 18 and two, um, because we were like a well-oiled, well, well-clicked machine. And of course, senior football was a coup de grace. Yeah, that was, that was great. But I, but I think, uh, Wiley knew how to prepare, um, for the opponent and to adjust and to use his personnel. Right. And I always admired that about him. So. Nice.
0: Nice. Any other coaches that come to mind?
1: Uh, Yeah. I had a lot of uh, respect for uh, coach Ron Reardon. Um, He he suffered through some years where he didn't quite have necessarily the talent. Uh, He always did a lot with what he had, but I think it was uh, pretty rewarding for him Our senior year was kind of the first year we got over the top into the playoffs, Sure, 9-0 and regular season. And uh, it was fun to enjoy that uh, with Coach Reardon, uh, to see him kind of, I think he always thought there was something wrong with him or his program. (laughs) And and I think what he realized as a coach was, um, you know, there's no magic formulas. Uh, When you got good kids, good athletes that work hard together, you're going to have good results. And we did that.
0: Yeah. You talk about someone who really plugs in and, and, and was, uh, had a lot of pride in what he did. It was, it was Ron Reardon and, and, uh, you know, Ron and I were good friends and, 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 uh, we spent a lot of time together and figuring things out and, and, uh, he definitely figured it out. No doubt about that. And, uh, and his assistants, you know, hats off to all of them. They, they put a lot of work in, uh, to get it to where, um, to where they needed it. And, um, you know, he was a, um, um, big influence in, um, turning our strength training program over to me and, um, and our system. And I, and I think, you know, the whole equation worked pretty well for everybody. Yeah.
1: Well, you gotta, you got to, uh, delegate when you need to delegate and realize there's people that, you know, you can't, you can't solve everything by yourself as a leader. And I, looking back, as I see, uh, different sports programs and stuff, I realize what a uh, well thought out, organized, um, I mean, it's difficult to implement and run a good program. And, it, and we have that at, at Sturgis high school. The times I was there, we had uh, good coaches, we had good directors. We had, we had all that. So.
0: Right. And it carried on. I mean, it, it, you know, to the, to the day I, I retired, um, the support, tremendous support in the community, our boosters club, our board of education our administrators our teachers, uh, a lot of support, uh, we when for instance for on the teaching level we implemented our, our our concussion management system and I and I had to implement the teachers through to have a, a segment or a piece called the uh, return to classroom before we really did anything with them physically mm-hmm. and they were just totally on board uh, our teachers and and again just that that's what that was, that's what makes a great a great experience, you know, like you're saying.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that you, you just grow up. I mean, that's what you got and you think that this stuff is modeled everywhere. And what you see is it's, it's not totally rare, but uh, not every, not every kid gets the kind of thing that we had going through. It was a great, it was a great place to grow up. Right.
0: And the facilities, you know, when we when we we redid the uh, the high school facilities, a state of the art.
1: Oh, absolutely! I didn't recognize the, the training room. I mean, we were down there in that little what ten by ten room uh, stacked on top of each other. Oh, <laughs> you remember those days? Yeah. And we still got the yeah. job done. But it was oh, yeah. nice to see that that uh, eventually um, you guys had the state of the art because you had a state of the art program. You needed the facilities to to match it. So thank you.
0: Yeah, and the, yeah, and the students really benefited from that, and it was uh, it was a gr- it was great to see. It was great to see. So, what's your fondest memory of Sturgis Public Schools?
1: Oh, fondest memory of Sturgis. <sighs> you know, I just think that. Uh, yeah. You know, this this may sound, again, like a strange answer. Our senior year uh, and junior year, I think we alternated between a progressive party and a progressive yes. uh, dance yes. or something like yes. this. And you would go around to, like, the Bojan's Farm, and they'd have snacks for you. And then you'd go over to this place, and you'd have snacks. I think Kent Roberts was instrumental in organizing some of that. And just uh, you realize the amount of coordination you had between the community, uh, the school to, to make times memorable for kids. Um, you know, I think things like that, things like homecoming um, just made you realize what a bond you had in the Sturgis community and how much people invest in their kids. And so that that's a memory. I, I remember thinking going around to, you know, we showed up at the the dance or something was the last stage of the progressive party. And there was some dairy queen, there was like dilly bars there. I'm sure they were donated. Everybody walked in, got a dilly bar. And I remember thinking, you know, these adults are investing in us. And even as a 17, 18 year old kid, I could see that and recognize that. And so I think looking back, that that's a fond memory that, that comes to mind.
0: Great insight. Great insight. And yeah, I, I forgot all about that progressive party. Yeah. Um, wonderful. Yeah. Great times. Great times. So you graduate in June. Yes, sir. And what happened? Where did you go?
1: Give us the well, whole I, uh, I, I, to t- I started doing a lot of push-ups and sit-ups because I was real nervous about basic training at the Air Force Academy.
0: <laughs> Which physically <laughs> and, is what was probably the least of your worries, but go on.
1: Well, it was the least of my worries, but I was a young kid. I, did, I didn't know nothing. You know, I thought everybody there was going to be Rambo or something, and I was going to be the guy left behind. And uh, I was pleased to know that... Uh, uh, I was well prepared for that experience. Um, it wasn't an easy experience by any means, but I made it through uh, boot camp, uh, freshman year, is kind of a hazing year at the Air Force Academy. I uh, had a little setback with football. Uh, that's kind of you know one of the one of the reasons I went out there was the school was free. You know, you can't can't beat that. But it was probably my best shot at Division One football uh-huh. uh, to get on the field. And um, my freshman year kind of got a. Uh, a little bout of mono, and that's when the pancreas is very vulnerable to bursting and things like this. So uh, uh, I had to sit out half that year. Um, But then the next uh, spring ball, I had a really good spring, Um, made the varsity team, traveled with them all of my sophomore year, Uh, didn't play a lot uh, other than special teams. Uh, And then my junior year, uh, it was uh, kind of the same deal. I wasn't uh, progressing uh, and what had happened, we had a few injuries. We had a few uh, running backs come back into my class. So we were loaded with talent at the position I played in my grade year. And uh, when you're a junior, they're looking to, they need to develop freshmen and sophomores too. So I never did quite get on the field uh, regularly as I wanted to, but I still had some uh, incredible experiences. I got to play Hawaii at Pro Bowl Stadium out there at Aloha Stadium. Uh, spent a week. I got to play Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Uh, I got to play our, our Navy at FedEx Field where the Redskins play. So uh, even though I wasn't uh, uh, on the field all game, every game, I had some really cool experiences at the college football. Level. Great experience. So, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, well, I went up to the Academy and I uh, was a business management major there. Uh, graduated from there in 2003. And then you're uh, signed up for the Air Force for uh, five years. Um, which was great. I didn't know what I wanted to do, uh, particularly with my life at that point. I was happy to serve. I served uh, four years at an assignment at Wright-Patt Air Force Base, uh, in acquisition career field, which is kind of the business side of the Air Force. Uh, Then went two years to Boston, Massachusetts, and then I uh, did a kind of a a giant career change. I, I, I separated from the Air Force and went to seminary school in St. Louis for four years, Uh, and then, uh, five years ago, got a call to be a pastor here in Quincy, Illinois, where I've served ever since. So that's kind of where my journeys have taken me, uh, in the 15 year, well, no, almost 20 years since graduating high school. So
0: interesting. So we'll forgive you about the Boston thing, but
1: yeah, yeah, it wasn't my choice. (laughs) When you were in,
0: (laughs) when you were in Ohio, you were working on some top secret stuff you couldn't even tell me about.
1: Uh, Well, I had a secret clearance. Uh, The program I had had secret components to it. uh, So you had to be read in with the clearance um, to know that part. But I can tell you about the program I worked on. It was really cool. It was an unmanned aerial vehicle called the Global Hawk. And uh, this sucker flies at 60,000 feet like a U-2 used to do, but it's unmanned. And uh, it can take pictures. It's got radar on it and all that. So uh, you know, as it, one general said, I'd rather those computer uh, bits and components die for our country than uh, flesh and blood. So even back uh, then, yeah, wow. even back then, yeah. yeah. So uh, that capability is pretty cool. And of course, now they have drones uh, that can do very precision strikes and limit collateral damage while c- uh, accomplishing our our objectives as a military. So so. The way we wage war and the precision with we wage war has changed a lot. And uh, let's just face it, as a, a junior officer in the Air Force, uh, I wasn't touching a whole lot, uh, but I learned a whole lot and I observed a whole lot. And uh, now that I'm more senior, when I do reserve time, there's there's some more uh, important things I touch, but um, now in a very limited capacity. Cool. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, your family family life. Tell us
1: about your wife, your kids. Yeah. Yeah. I felt a little bad. And I haven't mentioned to them yet. I, uh, uh, Angela, my wife, I met her at the, uh, I did a little internship at the Pentagon before my senior year at the Air Force Academy. And that was kind of crazy because it was the year after 9-11. Um, and oh. so there was still very much a heightened awareness in that area about security and things. But I met her. And uh, that summer, we dated long distance for a year and got married in the fall. And she she followed me. She gave up her job in Washington, D.C. to come to Dayton, Ohio with me. Uh, Before we moved there, we had our first son, Jacob. He's 12 now. Uh, Then off in Boston, we had our first uh, daughter, Kayla, right before we moved. And then uh, we did it a little different with this move to Quincy. We had Logan a month after we got here and he just turned five. So, <laughs> so we're done. Uh, but three beautiful children, they're all healthy. And uh, I'll tell you, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And so we give thanks every day that uh, we've been blessed with these kids. So
0: no, cheers and dilly dilly to that. There you go. No doubt. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. So, um, you know, this was great Mike uh, catching up and uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's always a thrill for to, to, to listen to these stories and, and I learned a couple things about you that I didn't know today. So uh, hopefully our listeners will uh, will take it all in. Anything else you wanna that you wanna add? Or
1: uh, no, I mean, um, are we t- going to talk about uh, uh, training or anything like that? Or I, I I looked at your questions briefly, but I, I didn't know. Are you are you wrapping well, up you here? You know, yeah, which which not not necessarily. Okay. You know, we
0: we took care of you. So if you want to mention. <laughs> You know, maybe even mention some of the student trainer peers that you have. Yeah, well, you know, I don't, a, I don't want
1: this to be. I don't want this to be just a commercial about me. Uh, but uh, Michael Dickey, he's out in the Phoenix area. He's out of the training field now, uh, but him and his wife do financial coaching uh, out in yeah. Phoenix with some podcasts. He, he he
0: was a he was a stellar figure for me to do this podcast thing. He's my he's my go to guy. You know, I got oh, a guy oh, yeah. for everything.
1: Uh, yeah, he got a guy. He's your podcast uh, guy, right? Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: On the East Coast. So we got guys. Right?
1: All right, well, so you He's need, my podcast guy. You need something in the God department, to come to me. You know, I got a little insight there. So <laughs> but um so yeah, Michael Dickey, uh, he's doing good things. Uh Matt Schwartz was one of your trainers. Uh yep. I still he's I think he's actually a pastor out in the Pennsylvania area or somewhere. Um
0: He is, he is, and uh we caught up uh he was in town, I think it was last year, and we caught up and um you know uh the thing that amazed me is he has a cell phone th- from like the year 1998, and it still works. <laughs> oh my gosh! And he oh, told, yeah. he's really proud of it. And and you know me, I can't let it go. Every right. time I, t- I I text him, I you know ask him if he got a new phone. So,
1: right, right. No, so there's some good guys uh, in and around that year. But I I just want to say something that you taught me uh, that I've uh, come back to time and time again. You just never know. And a phrase you might say or a word you may say, especially in people's vulnerable moments. Uh, might stick with them. And I was struggling through a, a knee rehab injury my junior year, uh, feeling a little sorry for myself, missing football. And, uh, you know, you told me, you said, hey, hey, the man's got the plan and let the chips fall where they may. And, uh, you know, I found myself repeating those lines to myself in moments of adversity in my life. And uh, I think they're great. And I wanted to share those with your listeners that, uh you know, we've all uh, we're all being steered in certain directions in our life and doing things, and I think that you got to keep, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your situation is, whether it's the highest joy or the lowest of low, keep your integrity and trust that, uh, that you're going to see yourself through to the other side. And uh, and the other thing is, is let the chips fall where they may. Um, you know, there's going to be disappointments and frustrations uh, along the way, but. Uh, you know, some people say when you get lemons, make lemonades—that kind of thing. Um, but really, make the most of every opportunity where you're in, and, and the people you influence, um, it's so you want to be their biggest influence, and you want to be uh, the most important person in their life. But the truth is, you're not—you're not the first person they're going to listen to, and you're not the last. But that doesn't mean that exactly. what you invest in them uh, isn't important, because if nobody invested in them. Uh, what kind of troubled youth would we have? What kind, of, you know, things going on? So, be, if I could tell anybody anything, you don't have to be the most significant person in the world. You just have to be a significant person in that in that kid's life. And uh, and trust that even if you're a small cog, uh, that that the machines the machines flowing well because you were there at that point in that place for them. So I want to thank you uh, for being there for all of us in our formative years. And, uh, while well, you're still here for me now, you're interviewing me and, uh, uh, just tell kids, uh, invest in people, you know, no matter where you're at, invest in people. And, uh, they're our most important asset. So
0: well stated, yeah. well yeah. stated, Mike, we really appreciate you, uh, uh, taking the time here. Um, I have to mention our, our corporate sponsor, Advanis foot and ankle specialists, uh, six offices and, um, you know, any foot issues, um, in and around uh, the lower part of Sturgis, northern part of Indiana, uh, 1-800-856-1106 is the number. And uh, mention that you heard this podcast and we'll make sure we'll take care of you. And Mike, again, it's been great catching up and um, we certainly appreciate your service to our country and uh, the Sturgis community, uh, those who who know you um, are very proud of you. And hopefully now more people will know you know of you and um you know um well, we're pr- well, very proud of that. the teenager very proud <laughs> of the teenager you were and uh, <laughs> of the man you've become so
1: well thank you sir and uh, keep plugging thank you for doing this and uh, blessings on all your future endeavors and let's uh, we'll m- make sure i look you up next time i'm in town and it won't be uh, uh 18 years before we talk again so
0: that, that'd be great thanks mike